0: This episode is brought to you by all the parenting books you have in the back of your closet that have literally done nothing to prepare you for parenting. Yep, we still don't have a sponsor. I'm Patty Parker,
1: I'm Kevin Boyd, and I'm Dustin Chappell,
0: and this is But Wait, There's More, a conversation show about things we're thinking about, things we care about, and things that are important to life and culture for the people of Legacy Church in Plano, Texas. And today, we're talking about something that affects a lot of the folks at Legacy, parenting. We'll try Mm. to answer the question, am I a good parent? Mm. (laughs) <laughs> I have a feeling <laughs> yes. I have a feeling we'll be coming back to this topic. So be sure to share with us any questions or comments you have regarding this episode. You can take those to podcast at legacychurch dot org and we will see them. But before we go deep, and I'm sure that we will, let's have a little fun, shall we?
2: Amen. Let's, let's do it. it.
0: Are you guys up for a game? Okay. I like fun. I like games.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I like. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you do.
0: (laughs) You know what? I like to win too, but in a different way. So um, we're all fans of the Enneagram, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, So, Dustin, what's your number? I'm an eight. Eight. Could you maybe tell us, just like in one sentence, what is an eight? Oh goodness. That's complicated. I know. Yeah, it's. uh, (laughs) I'll tell you
1: what he's like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say that um, eights are are very um, to the point. Um, They're very results oriented and they have a heart um, to kind of fight for the little guy that can't speak up for themselves.
0: Absolutely. Good stuff. So, Kevin, what number are you?
2: I'm a three. Enneagram three. Threes are people who want to do the right thing and they're kind of outwardly motivated for that. They want to be seen as someone who does the right thing and who achieves or is, you know, could be responsible or successful or whatever it is. But I want to be seen as someone who does well, does right, does good and accomplishes a lot.
0: Awesome. So we have an eight parent, a three parent and I'm a four and my explanation for a four is we're like we feel like the outsider we feel like <laughs> we want to do it right we want to um, have a just romantic or um creative way of doing things but we always feel like we're not quite doing it right so that's my explanation for me all right so the name of our game now that we've covered our enneagram styles is called name that parenting style
1: do, 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 yeah. Yeah. did you write that just now yeah i did oh, that's really
2: great
0: Fantastic. I'll read off a parenting attribute of either an Enneagram 3, a 4, or an 8. Kay. And you guys have to guess which number you think it is. Okay. And um, I'm dun, getting dun, dun, this. Dun. Yeah. It's only
2: our categories. Three, yes. three, four, eight. Okay, okay, Yeah,
0: we're just going to go with uh, 3, 4, and 8. And I'm getting this from your Enneagram coach. We'll be sure She's to have wonderful. that. wonderful. I really like her stuff. Um, definitely goes... The, uh, for the Enneagram through a Christian perspective, which I think is fantastic. But we'll be sure to have that in the show notes in case you want to follow what they're doing. Awesome. So, are you ready to play?
1: I'm ready. Dun, dun, okay. Dun. Dun. Dun.
0: So, the first one is hmm. they fiercely adore their children and are hmm. willing to go to great lengths to help them succeed. Is that a three, a four? or an eight.
1: That's, that's definitely an eight. eight. <laughs> you said fierce. And yeah. so like yes. Beyonce, yeah. I'm going to step in oh. and just oh. own that one. Okay.
2: Okay.
0: All right. So now let's do another one. Good job. Good job. Good job. Okay. These make fantastic parents because they feel and care deeply. They encourage their child's creativity, self-expression, and unique The
2: answer is, what is a four? Yeah, what is a four?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. All right, so what about this one? They make fantastic parents because they are optimistic and goal-oriented, raising hard-working and accomplished children. They are responsible, consistent, and well-organized. For
2: clarification, you said they make the greatest parents of all?
0: That's not (laughs) not at all what they said.
1: (laughs) That is not. What I feel I like said? each one of these make fantastic parents. Exactly. I, I mean, in some capacity.
2: Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that. But you did say threes, right? That's what you I mean, did say. <laughs> yeah. you, you
0: Good job. Those are yeah. threes. Yep. Okay. They are big-hearted. They make fantastic parents because they are big-hearted, mm. assertive, and protective, making their child feel safe from the world. Yes. Are going to call yes, it?
1: Yes, I have a heart. It's a thing. Oh, like, I, I know, like, there's a, there's a. if you're familiar with Enneagram, like, we get a bad rap. is mm-hmm. eight sometimes because you say that we're, because we're very you're direct. You're not heartless, Dustin. I'm not. I'm not. I have a huge heart, but I, I tend that. to want to be protective and yeah, you care for my kids. Yeah, you do. Um, you do so well. Yeah. Fiercely. I think that really does describe you. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So how about, I've just got a few more. Okay. They okay. So I'm going to talk about some parenting weaknesses for a moment. Okay, Okay, I I need to take a break. I'm (laughs) going to step out. So um, they feel an intense need to guard themselves and their kids against betrayal and powerlessness by always having an invincible exterior. And minimizing personal vulnerability.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do need to go take that break now. I'm going to step out of the room because you're talking <laughs> bad about me. Right? No,
1: I think she's no. talking bad about me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We, we both hate vulnerability.
2: Yeah, we both. Yeah. We both. So, <laughs> so so is that an
0: eight? I, I, I That was an eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah well, because I tend to, so like as an eight, we tend to shield ourselves um, yeah. pretty pretty aggressively because we, we, we want to be in control not to be in control but just to guard against hurt
2: at the beginning i i, w- I wasn't sure um then i thought it moved a little more in my direction because we don't want to be seen as not being able to handle it or to yeah to that's deal fair. well but that's that's insightful that's helpful yeah, i think so
0: all right so here is a parenting growth Ooh. okay Yeah, let's check this one out. Okay, just as God rested from his work of creation, draw some boundaries around your work life and do something unproductive with your children (laughs) just for the sake of enjoyment, rest, or fun.
2: No idea. Um, (laughs) This this is a triggering question for one of the three of us. Yeah, There you go. You found me there. (laughs) You found me. If you were looking, you just found me.
0: All right. Um, I'll do one more. Okay. They bring beauty and depth to the parent child dynamic, intuiting their child's emotions and allowing for meaning and authenticity.
2: I'm gonna give that to you, Patty. I'm gonna say that's a four. That's That's definitely a four. For sure. For sure.
0: (laughs) All right. Well that was one that was fun. Um, The one thing I did notice about all these questions is that any number really makes a great parent. There's, it's, they're not, we're not set up. Some people are just good parents and some people aren't. Um, But the question is, what exactly is a good parent? that can be a a pretty loaded question. So I'm, yeah. (laughs) So for the sake of our conversation, I'm going to define a good parent as one who provides for the emotional, physical, and spiritual needs of a child. Um, so one who provides for the emotional, physical, and spiritual needs of a child.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: So let's start our conversation. Um, I just want to talk for a minute about, um, where we are in our parenting stage. The three of us are in different places, some commonalities, but also some differences. Um, so if you could just share like, um, uh, where you are in your parenting stage and what makes it hard right now for you? And Dustin, why don't you go ahead and go first with that?
1: Okay. So I have a five-year-old and I have a nine-year-old. Uh, so kindergarten and third grade and I'm a single parent and so uh, for about a week and a half of every um, so uh, about 70% of the time I kind of operate as a single parent I also um, co-parent with an ex-spouse and so um, there are challenges that come with I mean even even in a dynamic where you're married you disagree about parenting sometimes Uh, and so uh, for me uh it it kind of comes down to um i i get to be the sole influence for my kids some of the time I, I feel like it's that quote from anchorman where it's like it's it's uh 65% of the time it works every time mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> and so you know 65% of the time i'm parenting all the time so right. uh which is which is really great but it also you know in those moments when i don't have my kids um becomes difficult to want to trust um that um hey is what I did working? Um because I I'm no longer it it hits at that my need for control. And Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden
2: I I don't I don't have control and and that's okay and I've had to learn that. And that's sixty five percent of the time though, you don't get a break. You don't get to rest. You don't have like a tag, I need a minute. No,
1: no, I don't. And so it's just kind of like Hey, it's me and the kids, and like, and and we go, and it's and it's great, and I wouldn't trade it for the world because they're my kids and I love them, mm-hmm. um, but it's tough, yeah. it's tough, it's just, it's nonstop from the morning, the moment they wake up until they go to bed, and that's kind of like,
2: <sighs> for like an hour, and then I go to sleep. No one's asking here, yeah. but <laughs> you do an amazing job, and I love Thanks, the friend. way you parent. I, I love Thank watching you. you as a dad, and the. The tenderness with which you have a fierce love for them is amazing. Mm So I I think you're doing a great job, Betty. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Absolutely. So, Kevin, tell us about your parenting stage and what makes it hard right now for you. There's a lot of (laughs) them. How (laughs) many do you have?
2: (laughs) I can't count that high anymore. I've lost count. I rarely get their names right in all actuality. It usually takes me two or three tries to get the person I'm actually looking for. Like Claire, Elizabeth, Kate, Kate kate you come here right now (laughs) you know i've got four daughters uh two five nine and twelve so we've kind of hit the spectrum there that means if you're counting that means that's 12 years of baby shark Uh, that means (laughs) it's 12 years because we still have one in diapers 12 years of, of still dealing with diapers uh and at the same time you know, having one who's entered, I call it the pre stage, but mm. she calls Ooh. it the tween stage. And she's entering into that. And even, even just um, over the last maybe six weeks, I just see signs of I'm starting to, to enter into that era that we remember. You know, it, it, it's much further back than we <laughs> want to admit. But I go, oh, yeah, she's getting to that place now. And it's kind of exciting Lindsay says, I think that you're going to enjoy that next stage more even than the the previous stage. Uh, And I think so. I think it's possible. Um, We'll see as the challenges come. Uh, But we also, within our family, have two biological daughters and two adopted daughters. And uh, our third came home to us as her forever family when she was 18 months old. And so she had had some experiences in this world that I wasn't a part of uh, at all in her early life. And then our, um, our fourth, we also adopted, and they are um, biological half-sisters, and we were able to, to meet her at the hospital and stay in NICU with her and be really the first people to hold her, and uh, she's you know, two now. So we've got a few different dynamics and, and some of the relational things with open adoption um, that are challenges and, and you know, can be blessings, and, and working through all of those things at the same time. And you're a man in a house full of girls. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Even even when we got a fish, I'm pretty sure it was, <laughs> it was a girl, it was right? A fish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what's also interesting is you're from preschool to middle school, mm-hmm. so you've got this wide swath of yeah. um, just milestones. And um, like for me, I have a first grade boy a third grade girl and a fifth grade boy so 6 8 and 10 we finally made double digits with the oldest and <laughs> it is it has been fun um uh but it i think it's hard um to like for me their social life it's yeah. like mm. that is such a struggle for me to keep them you know connected with friends because they are they're together but they're not the same age you right. know and um, and then I've got this middle daughter uh, middle middle child that's a daughter and so making sure that as a mom that I'm able to um, take care of her and love her well the way a, a girl needs yeah. loving mm-hmm. you know
2: Patty you know uh, we share obviously an elementary school with your family yeah so I get to watch you and Marshall as well as being in our church but being out in our community in the way that you engage with your kids with other families kids who are outside the church and I just I I love watching your family as you guys engage in our community and build relationships and even the way your kids I've got to you know do soccer with you know, one of your kids, right? Yeah, and to watch your kids from your parenting build other relationships with other kids—you guys are doing phenomenal. Yeah. I love
0: it. Well, thank you. I love them. I, I have to honestly say that this has been one of my favorite seasons. Getting out of the diapers, like getting them potty trained, getting them all at the same school, so yeah. I'm not like playing mom taxi, has just been <laughs> huge. Um, but so let's let's go a little deeper with this. Um, what's the one thing that has surprised you about parenting? I don't know about you, but when I married Marshall, one of the things I knew without a doubt is that he would be a fantastic father. I knew he would be a wonderful daddy. And although I didn't marry for kids, I knew that would come eventually. And so I had no doubts that he would be a wonderful dad. Um, but there have been a lot of things that have surprised me along the way um, about how I've parented and, and how my kids have been. So uh, Kevin, I wanted to start with you on this one. What are some things that have surprised you about your parenting journey that you weren't
2: I think the first lesson uh, with our first, our first child, and it happened pretty quickly, um, it was in a moment where every new parent goes through this moment where you just maybe have a, a lack of sleep along with uh, a number of unusual experiences that you've never really had before. And you just go, I'm losing my mind. Like, I, <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. I really don't. And you think, you have this huge moment of self-doubt where you go, how on earth am I supposed, you go, this is a human being. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, you, you leave from the hospital,
1: yeah. and you have this like team of doctors and nurses yeah. that is there to help you. And then all of a sudden, they're like, here you go. Yeah. What?
2: Yeah, so like I had this moment, and I clearly remember it. Um, we were living in a town called Midlothian. We were in our, our first house we owned, and I'm on the couch. And I felt this moment of anxiety, and then this bubble burst, and it was like, you know what? My parents didn't know what they were doing either. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of the the most encouraging revelations I had as a young parent at that moment was to go. You know what? There's no book on this. There's mm-hmm. no like perfect pathway to parenting. I did just say perfect pathway to parenting. I know the alliteration is yeah, really <laughs> nice. Your alliteration aren't you? is strong with me. <laughs> but the but the moment of awareness that no one really knows what they're doing, and it it relieves for a moment the mantle of, I have to get everything right now, or I will ruin everything for the future. But instead, it was this moment of, okay, um, I don't have to know it all. Mm -hmm. I have to Mm. be humble. I have to be teachable. I have to have grit. uh, I have to have a lot of grace. I got to depend on the Lord, because um, this would be the other, I guess, probably the biggest surprise, is how much parenting may not I mean, I don't know what the balance is. I'd have to ask the Lord more about this. Is the balance more it's for them or it's for me? I mm. don't know. Yeah, It's absolutely the most sanctifying experience of my entire life. And I can't imagine being challenged uh, in my own uh, soul and spirit and in my own you know, bad habits and hang-ups than what parenting has brought. And so I don't know if it's sometimes if it's more for them or for me, but um, learning that uh, no one really knows what they're doing we just absolutely are digging in and doing the best we can uh, and praying for grace is uh, it's relieving and it it really helps set a trajectory for me
0: yeah I agree just being able to recognize you know what there is not one exact way to do this Um, I remember we had had Dominic my oldest he was you know newborn so still up in the middle of the night and, and I was nursing him and, and Marshall was like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I'm fine. I've got this, you know, like there's nothing you can do. And then one night just really flipping out because I was tired and exhausted and the baby was up and getting really angry and, and Marshall just looking at me like, what, what do you want me to do? You're, you're acting like you know what you do and you told me to go away and, you know, and just realizing, wait a minute, I, I just because I'm the mom doesn't mean I all of a sudden had this, you know, chip inserted in my brain that yeah. instinctively knows how to parent any more than my husband does and we're a team and we're going to work through this together and yeah, that's um, interesting
2: patty because i do think that possibly sometimes we dads look at moms like maybe you had some class that we didn't have along <laughs> yes. the way I, I feel like there's this advantage they get because like when your baby's born like mom's been bonding with the baby like all this mm-hmm. time and then you're like but that doesn't <sighs> equate well, to your point like like, so you know what to do, right, Patty? Right. Like,
0: yes. I know
2: as much as anyone at this point. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you what birth to 10 years old looks like yeah. with a boy, you know, yes, <laughs> I, I, I can tell you what my specific child, it looks like. But even that, when I had my second, um, like, she slept through the night at eight weeks mm. and she just, she was easy. And then we had our third kid and he wouldn't do any of that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so we don't know what we're doing. We just had a kid who liked her sleep and yeah. so it is surprising too just how different they can be that just because you have one kid doesn't mean the second child or the third or consecutive is going to be the same and
1: honestly that's that's you asked me that question you know and terms of about what surprised me most it's like you feel like you kind of have this parenting thing down after the first one and you're mm-hmm. like i've been <laughs> through this stage i get it i know what to do now and then and then you have the second child and they're nothing like the first nothing. child <laughs> and and it's like yeah but the environment was the same and you were raised the same and like all the same rules and it's like none of this works anymore and it's just it's maddening sometimes mm-hmm. because y- you think that like anytime you feel like you have a moment of confidence as a parent all of a sudden it's like no you don't know what you're doing Mm-mm. like no <laughs> you don't know what you're doing right. I feel like Ricky Bobby and I'm like what do I do with my hands and I and it's and it's difficult and I've I've learned that with my kids, my parenting approach has to, and, and this continues, um, be so different for each kid. Mm-hmm. And so, because both of my kids are very, very different um, in terms of their personality and they receive things, my daughter is this sweet, sensitive, like she's a four, mm. and <laughs> and and she is she is so kind and so like she's such a big feeler, and that's not naturally kind of how I'm wired, and so. I, I had to learn um, over over several years, like, if I want to be the best parent for my daughter, I need to meet her where she's at. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminds me of the way that God meets us, right? Yes. Because God doesn't come and say, hey, like, Dustin, you got to get your stuff together and then I'll come and see you. He's like, no, I see where you're at and I'm going to come be there with you. And so I, I've noticed that with my daughter in particular, I really have to just pause. And, and say, I can't think about this the way that I'd want to receive it. I have to think about this the way that, that she will hear it and the way that she will receive it. And my son's so much more like me. It's so straightforward, and you think, like, oh, this is great. Hey, just do this. And and it's it feels so direct and so simple, but um, it's, it's just challenged me a lot it, in, in terms of just being surprised about what to do. One, my kids are so different. But two, if I'm going to be the best parent for my kids... I need to be different for each of my kids. Mm-hmm. I need in order to meet them where they're at.
0: That's good. That's good. So Kevin, um, I got a question for you. Yeah. Um, we, we've talked a little bit about what surprised us. Um, and you know, what about something that you're proud of, something that you love about your parenting style or. yeah, um,
2: it, Like this is probably the anti-proud, proud thing in some ways it's, um, and I don't know who helped me with this, but I know it wasn't me. I think it was a lot of people helping me with this kind of advice. But learning to say I'm sorry when I mess up because mm-hmm. I mess up a lot, mm. and it's uh, you know anything from I'm tired, I have you know a lot on my mind or heart, and I'm not present with grace or you know with with full awareness in the way I need to in a moment. And so when they do something that frustrates me or. You know, whatever the case may be, and I snap, or I don't handle it the way I should have, or if I say you got to do this, and, and and it's like that probably wasn't the right decision in the moment. Um, someone or a lot of people along the way reminded me how important it is to say I'm sorry to my kids, um, and it does a, a lot of things. One, it's deeply, deeply humbling as a human being to apologize to your children. And I don't, I don't fully know why it's so <laughs> humbling, um, but it is because there are these that. I'm responsible for and it. It's kind of like, you know, I, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out of this. World. But <laughs> it, with those people, you're apologizing with with children who God love them, know nothing and put you in your place all the time. You're apologizing to them. And in this world, mm-hmm. a lot of times people who treat us the way our kids might treat us at times. Every kid treats you that way at times. If people in this world treated me <laughs> the way my kids treat me on some days, we just wouldn't be friends, you know, and this is these are my kids. And so loving them uh, a lot of times means saying, I'm sorry. And it is deeply humbling for me, but it also sets a pattern for them that, one, it is okay to make mistakes and, and have wrong decisions. And when we do so, we don't hide them. We don't become defensive about them. We don't feel, you know, lost in shame over them. We acknowledge them. We say, you know, I don't get things right all the time. And here's a moment where I didn't. And I'm sorry. And it creates a pattern for them to repeat. So it's like I'm proud of that. Um, I wish it didn't have to happen so often. Oh gosh, but yes. <laughs> but I do think it's deeply important. And it's a lesson that, that I've. it's the habit I've built as being a person who says I'm sorry. Yeah. And so that's something that that I um, hard fought and, and glad that people have helped me along the way. Sometimes Lindsay r- has to remind me. Um, she'll say, yeah, you're going to need to go and apologize for that. <laughs> and, and, and I don't want to hear it, but, you know, she's right. And it's those reminders that kind of keep me right in the center of probably the place I ought to be where these are God's children and I'm stewarding yeah. them. And so to keep me in a place between these are God's children and I'm your parent, mm-hmm. uh, having that, that uh, kind of self-awareness at times and that humility is so helpful.
0: Yeah, I've found, um, you know, you were talking earlier, you don't know if parenting is for you or is for the kids. And I've found in my apologies, I've I've experienced the grace of God when they look at you and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm okay, (laughs) you know, or when, you know, I've had those moments like they're getting old enough that they're holding on to those those hurts longer you know and to be able to just see that hurt in their eyes over something that I've done and to just like resist the urge to explain well the reason I acted this way is because I'm really stressed about this at school and work and this and and I told you where you should have been but just be like you know what mommy is so sorry what I did was wrong and There's no excuse for it. Will you forgive me? And um, but yeah, those moments when they're like, yes, mommy, it's okay. I love you still. (laughs) And it's like, just like God, he's like, it's okay. I love you still. (laughs) You know what the most helpful thing
2: to me in finding that that place or that disposition has been? I mean, I talk about the outside influences to some degree, but have you had those moments where um, you in the moment and it only has to uh, is really able to happen because the Holy Spirit has to be helping in this moment. You see in your children's faces and their sin and their weakness you go that's what i am like before the lord 100 (laughs) percent. and and so often when and you as a parent you just you
1: can't help but still love them and just be so i don't want to say you're not enamored in that moment yeah but you're just like i would never let you go i would i would i will always hold you like you need to understand that what you did Matters, mm. but it does not change our relationship. And that's
2: the thing that's probably taught me more than anything in this world, uh, to understand or appreciate the biblical concept of being children of God, has been yeah. seeing the sin and frustration of my children reflected on myself and my relationship with God. And it really is those kind of divine, holy moments of, of spiritual awareness. You go, oh, I am that same way with him, and I'm giving them such grief over it i'm sorry and it really is a call to act like a heavenly father and not like myself a lot of times exactly so um you know strange beautiful um we have these metaphors in the bible that are spiritual realities maybe they're spiritual truths that are hard to understand in physical reality until you get into parenting sometimes they begin to open up for you and this is one of them yeah
0: yeah how about you dustin
2: this is honestly
1: um this is something that's been more recent for me. And I would say this has happened probably in the last couple of years. Um, and in the wake of like me having become a single parent, um, you know, in that, in that whole process, like you, you, you ask a lot of questions of yourself. I mean, and I spent a lot of time, um, with a lot of, uh, both with, you know, professional, um, counseling and, and, and also just with, with wise spiritual friends, um, that, that kind of, um, walked me through a difficult season and allowed me to look at myself and say, "Hey, these are some things maybe you need to look at or need to reexamine about yourself." And so, in the wake of that, um, I think God has just really given me a capacity to sit in the moment with my kids mm-hmm. in ways that I didn't before. And I and I think in particular about um, for us, it's it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think and every parent has experienced this where like you're putting your kid down at night. And sometimes it's just, it's just tough and you're just tired and you're just ready to be an adult. Um, you're just ready to just kind of take a break and just like, I'm tired of the diapers or I'm tired of the, this, or I'm tired of listening to Blaze and the monster machines on repeat on Alexa <laughs> for three hours. And yet um, I, I hit this, I had this moment that hit me and said, you know what? You may not always get to be with your kids. And now like, that's my reality. And so um, I soak up those moments when I have them. Um, because, you know, four days every other week, I don't get to see my kids. Right. And so I, I miss out on those moments. And so when it comes to bedtime, um, I just get to have these intimate moments with each of my children. Um, and and they look different because my kids are very different. But um, as my daughter especially has gotten to be a little older, you know, being a nine-year-old, it's like, oh my gosh, you're like a little human. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's allowed us to begin to explore her own relationship with Jesus mm. and to talk about, hey, I'm struggling with this thing, and and I can say, yeah, you know what? Daddy struggles with that thing too. Yes. <laughs> um, and and it's hard and it's frustrating, but you know what? Jesus is here with you. And, and so having those conversations, allowing that time to be intentional, and now, I, like I said, I don't, for whatever reason, and this is the grace of God, feel rushed in those moments. Um, I'm able to sit in and say, you know what? I'm tired. I may be exhausted. Like it's been a long day, but in this moment here and now, I'm not going to get this back. And I may have a moment with my daughter here or my son here that impacts them forever going forward. And um, in this past year, I mean, in that, in that, in that vein, I got to see my daughter come to know Jesus for herself. Mm -hmm. Um, How about it? yeah, yeah. And so every night before bed, she asks me, Daddy, what should I read in my Bible? Mm-hmm. And, and we do and we do Bible time together uh, as a family with uh, with her and with my son. Uh, and we'll read a story together and we'll kind of talk through some stuff and we'll pray together. Um, but to see for her, because she knows that after they go to bed, I go and read my Bible. Um, and so she's like, Daddy, what do I need to read in my Bible? I want to read, read in my stories, and I need to, to know what, what Jesus is saying so that I can do what he says I'm supposed to do. And like I said, I haven't always been good at that. Um, in, in fact, there was a long season in which I took it for granted. Um, but I think because I went through what I went through, and because my reality now is that I don't see my kids all the time, I think God's just given me an extra measure of grace that says, you know what? In these moments, I'm going to allow you to be present. And when you're tired, you're not going to feel it because you're going to see the value in sitting and resting with your kids.
0: That's powerful. I think that's one thing that um, as they get older and we can have conversations with them, and as they start making Jesus the boss of their life and owning their faith is, is such a powerful um I don't know I love this season with my kids right now like all three of them have made um, made Jesus the boss of their life and there are different levels of understanding what that really means um, but my daughter right now especially it's so neat like we'll we'll, we'll have these conversations and she's very very thoughtful and um, one day we were driving to Target um, and she was like mommy I know Jesus is real but sometimes my body says he isn't and to be able to just talk yeah I love her her vocabulary the way she describes things and I'm like you know what Charlie I think what you're saying is that you have doubts you know what doubt is okay we all have doubts and and um, it was so neat to just be able to go to um, uh, I opened up my Bible app and we went to um, I think it's Psalm 139 and, and all I had to do is talk about how Jesus knows when we sit and when we rise and and she was like oh oh so he he knows he knows everything he's with me and it was just it was just the faith boost that she needed but her hearing that i had doubts too was just like that that's what she needed she needed to know that she wasn't alone that something wasn't wrong with her that that she she was just having doubts like christians do do you find
1: yourself um encouraged in your own relationship with jesus like after conversations like that with your with your daughter and with your kids like I noticed for myself, like, I, um, like, Austin's working through these things, and she's talking through them, and I'm like, yeah, but as I'm, like, communicating who the truth of Jesus is, like, to her, like, just as a parent, I'm also realizing, man, I needed to hear that for myself, like, (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's just, it is, it's just the neatest feeling and it's, it's that whole iron sharpening iron, but it's with your kids. And I'm like, who better to be having a, you know, like growing in your faith with than your children. So I think that's really awesome. So I've got one final question because it feels like we're running out of time here. Um, but, uh, so Kevin, are you a good parent? And for those who are listening, (laughs) How would you encourage <laughs> them to um, maybe they're in the same parenting season you're in, or maybe they have the same personality type that you have? How would you encourage them?
2: Frozen in fear by the question, are you a good parent? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to be. I, I am, and I think some days better than others, and some days I think I'm horrible at it. But you know, we we grade on the curve around our house, so uh, I'm going okay. I'm, I'm I'm working on it. Um, I here's I'm gonna botch this quote completely, but it's just kind of come to mind. Maya Angelou said something about People won't remember everything you say, but they'll remember the way they felt when they were around you. That's not a great, perfect quote of it, but it's a b- it's the gist of it. Beautiful concept. I would encourage every parent to remember that kids won't remember everything that they that you say to them, but they will remember the feeling of being around you, and the mark of that will last with them. And to be a a meme of a cliche, you know the the days are long, but the years are short, mm-hmm. and so. Um, for me, it's it's about am I making my f- my kids feel safe, cared for? Do they feel like dad has they have their dad's attention? That they're seen. You know, with daughters, that's the, the, you know a core question. Am I seen? Mm. Um, and uh, so I I want them to encourage every parent with this. Make sure kids feel seen and heard, um, and that the impression that they carry on with them. I mean, my goodness, they may live a good long life. So the impression they carry when they leave your house, uh, make sure it's one that that continues to foster or cultivate a deeper relationship and one that's that spurs them on even to greater depths of relationship with Jesus Christ.
0: That's good. That's very good. Dustin, same question.
2: <sighs> um,
1: so on the days I don't have my kids, I've never made any parenting mistakes. And so I'll start with that. There you go. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the real answer is, is a lot like Kevin, uh, sometimes, um, and sometimes I, I probably not. And, but it's a process that I'm always working on and I'm always working towards. And, um, I, I read a quote, uh, yesterday, there's a parenting book I really enjoy called Parenting Beyond Your Capacity that, uh, yeah. Reggie Joyner did with, okay. uh, Carrie Newhoff. Um, and he said like, we want our kids to become people who see themselves the way that God sees them. Mm. Um, and, and that challenges me because I'm like, man, sometimes I don't see myself the way that God sees me. And, and so if I ask myself the big picture question, and, and sometimes for me, it's easier to think big picture than it is to kind of get down into the details and the dirt of it. Um, am I, am I helping my kids see themselves the way God sees them? I think so. I think so. Um, I'm helping them understand who Jesus is and, and understand that, like, as their dad, I don't have all the answers, and as their dad, I'm going to get it wrong a lot, um, but Jesus, Jesus won't, um, that, uh, there's a Shane and Shane song, you're welcome, um, um, called The One You Need, um, and it's, and it's about how, as a daddy, you just want your, your kids to think you're their hero, or, and, and all this stuff, but, but knowing that there are times we're going to let them down, um, and, and so I just think if I, at the end of the day, have allowed my kids to to realize and understand that I love them, I care for them, I'm always there for them, but I'm gonna let them down. But Jesus won't. Mm-hmm. If that's if if that's what I can get to stick in their brain, then yeah, I'm, I'm a good parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes on the along the way, you know, the the odds look like they're they're fading away from that. But um, that's that's my goal and that's my desire. And it's, and I think so. And so Patty, because I know you're directing this, but (laughs) I want to ask you that question too.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you feel like you're a good parent?
0: Oh gosh. Um, yes and no. Um, and ironically, a lot of times when I feel like I'm doing well is when an opportunity will show up to show me how much more I need to learn. Um, but I tell you, when I have these conversations with my kids, like having my oldest come to me and having heard something at school and mom, my teacher said this is that doesn't sound right. And be like, you're right, bud. That's not that's counter the gospel. That's what the world says. But that's not what we believe or or for my daughter to feel safe enough to say. Mommy, I, I have doubts. And and for my youngest to, out of the blue, apologize for the most random things with just this sincere, just like David contrite heart, you yeah. know, just wow. so. And it's like, oh, wow, bub, absolutely. I forgive you for sticking your tongue out at me or whatever it was. <laughs> but um, I, I just I, I have a thing I ask my kids lately when they go do things. I say, did you listen did you work hard and did you have fun? And when they, yes, mommy, I listened, I worked hard, I had fun. And so, so at the end of the day, I think maybe with parenting, are do we love them? Are we pointing them to Jesus? And are we coming, continuing to come back to him when we mess up? You know, if we can look at it that way it's like are we truly pointing them to God and doing our best we're all good parents and um, I did want to end just to encourage our um, our listening audience um, with a parenting book that actually is worth reading it's called Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World it's by um, Kristen Welch and she Yes, it's a fantastic book, and she gives these words of encouragement to parents. She says, I don't know where you are right now. You might be in any country in the world. You might be in the middle of your house, in the middle of suburbia folding laundry. You might be hearing this on your shift break at your job in the hospital on the second floor. You might be in the lowest parenting season of your life or the best. I don't know. But it matters because you are where you are for a reason. Be faithful. You are a living example to your kids. You are showing them that when the going gets hard, you dig in your heels and you are faithful. And that's what I want to encourage you guys and um, our listening audience that you are a good parent. Just love your kids well. Point them to Jesus and um, God will be faithful with the rest. So thanks, guys. That was fun. Thanks, producer <laughs> Chris. <laughs> next time we'll we talk about parenting. I'd love to dig deeper. Maybe about yeah. s- like what it's like to be a single parent. You know, maybe yes. we could have a, a panel of parents and and what what it's like to um, to traverse your faith and parenting. And um, so until then, this has been. But wait, there's more. We'll see you next. Time.